to swim. In fact, I taught myself how to swim during the pandemic. But what I don't love is the blotches that the chlorine and salt leave on my face. So I decided to treat myself to a facial. Raquel Mixon, owner of the Self-Care Spa and Lounge, prides herself on providing services around skin health and being an advocate for self-care. Raquel steamed, creamed, and caressed my skin until I was cooing like a baby. And she recommended excellent products to keep my skin healthy while I reach my swim goals. Not only will I place a facial at the top of my list of self-care items, but I plan to bring some other people with me. So book your next facial, massage, or wax service today at theselfcarespalounge.com. That's theselfcarespalounge.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another evening of Be Empowered with RC. I am over the moon right now. I have two gorgeous women with me here today, um, Kelly K. Fly Mosley and Lakeisha Harris. Thank you for joining me. I am thrilled that you were able to come on tonight. I know everybody is doing so many things right now, and uh, it just seems like even though we're in a pandemic, creative people and folks who do a lot of work around uh, motivating and help liberate our communities are moving at lightning speed. So it's nonstop. So for those of y'all who are tuning in for the very first time, I am R.C. Riley. I'm a writer, um, a performer, and a storyteller, in addition to a video podcaster, I suppose. And one of the things that I do is I look at the intersection of race, gender, sexuality, and faith. And through this specific podcast, we typically address things that are going on in the BIPOC community. So Black, Indigenous, people of color. And so one of the things we're going to talk about today is impactful women. March is Women's History Month, and specifically March 8th is International Women's Day. So I have asked my guests to have a wonderful discussion with me around women that have made a big impact in their lives. I'm so thrilled. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, because I didn't ask you all ahead of time who. And so I'm like, okay, and I'm thinking through my mind, they could say any, anything. (laughs) (laughs) And usually this is about a learning opportunity. This show is really about um, bringing knowledge and awareness. So educating and empowering and engaging our communities. So we're going to start with Lakeisha. I am going to read the bios. I know some people may have skimmed over the Facebook post. So I'm going to go back and make sure that they hear exactly who my guests are. We know we it's okay. We skim. We have a lot going on. It is okay. All right. So here we go. Here we go. Lakeisha Harris is a longtime abolitionist, human rights and reproductive justice activist. Her work in social justice movement spaces have spanned the Midwest and Deep South, having had national impact with a recent Supreme Court win on abortion cases in Louisiana. A deeply rooted black witch, Lakeisha opened her doors to teaching black diasporic students in Chicago in 2016 as the founder of Black Witch University a Black Maroon Mystery School dedicated to the liberation of our people and the reclamation of our sacred tradition and magical practices. 
Articles featured about her and her work have been featured in national and international broadcasts and publications such as the Tom Joyner Morning Show, Vibe, and Vice Magazines. Currently, Lakeisha is the Director of Reproductive Health and Justice at Women with a Vision Incorporated. That's in New Orleans, Louisiana, where she now lives and has relocated the Black Witch University. Please welcome again, Lakeisha Harris. Thank you. <laughs> and we have Kelly K. Fly. Mosey, I am, I'm, I'm wearing your creation here. <laughs> Thank you. I have to re-up. I'm like, wait, wait, wait now. Springtime, we'll like, be out and about. I gotta go give me some more jewelry. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, yes. So um, artist and designer Kelly K. Flamosley creates and designs one-of-a-kind functional art for individuals that are interested in complementing a new look, enhancing an existing one while making a statement that reflects their own story. I love that. And her quote is, I collect stories. I reclaim, repurpose, and reimagine stories of the African diaspora into visual art. They grow and transform into walking, bold, contemporary pop culture items that eventually evolve into more stories. Mm. That's from Kelly Mosley. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh my goodness. This, this is like right here. <laughs> we can just talk about you all. Okay. All right. How are y'all feeling today? Everybody good? Good. Feeling good. I'm feeling good. energized. Yeah, and yeah. loving this, loving this. Yes, I love this. That's going to happen. <laughs> I know. I know. All right. So, since it's Women's History Month, um, Lakeisha, start us off with a woman that you admire, a woman that has left an impact in your in your life. Tell us a little bit about who that woman is. Well, you know. I don't have to reach too far. My mother, my mother um, raised two badass children in poverty. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, she did what she had to do to survive. And I'm always in awe. She taught me strength, um, courage. She taught me to speak up. She defended me. Um, oftentimes when she probably shouldn't have been defending me, but she been me anyway. <laughs> that's what mama's supposed to do. Mom, exactly. That's what mama's supposed to do. Right. And so she, she taught me, um, how to be a mother imperfectly and unapologetically. Yes. 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 Definitely. I love that. I love that from all of us, our mothers. And I know that, um, we can all agree that parenting is an interesting relationship, that parent-child relationship, and it continues to evolve. And when, just when you think you've got a handle on it, you're like, oh, this is what I'm learning today. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> no, you, 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 you're a content, you, you are a consummate student. Yes. When you take on the role of parent uh, mother, <laughs> you are a constant student of the generation that you're leaving this planet to. Right, right, for sure. Now, what's your mother's name? Let's Deborah Harris. Deborah Harris, all right. We're invoking yes. her name into the space tonight. Yes, yes, thank you. So um, tell me about growing up a little bit more. Was there 
certain times or like my mother always used to drop nuggets. We weren't very close growing up, but she would like make these one liners. And, and then I never understood what they meant. And then now I get it. Or there's some mothers I know that the way that they love by touch, um, you know, their hugs or their kisses, um, that sort of thing really left their daughters, since we're talking about, you know, mothers and we're women here, um, they left an impact on their daughters. Was there, tell us something a little more specific about that relationship and what it was she did in more detail. Well, you know, so my, I say imperfect because my mom was not the perfect mom. She wasn't by any means um, very gentle even, you know, mm, um, okay. she, she was who she was. Um, she had to raise us um, and she didn't have very much. She worked sometimes two jobs and mm. me as the eldest child had to take him on a lot of responsibility in the household for my younger brother. Um, okay. But some of the things that she did teach me was my work ethic um, to, nice. to work for what you had to get. So I learned a lot by observing her. Mm -hmm. um, and she did give me like <laughs> amazing one lighters that I still take to heart now. And, and some of them not always so good, but um, again, imperfect teaching. And I love her immensely right. through, through her, you know, trial and error with me. Right. Um, it gave me permission to, you know, be an imperfect mother and just be, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't have to show up perfect. I got to show up as mother. And nice. so um, one of the things she would tell me is like, you know, baby because I was so um green and, and mm -hmm. which is what I see the world now like I'm just so always op uh, optimistic and want to believe like all the good that I see mm -hmm. in everybody mm -hmm. and I was a bookworm I would read everything and she would be like you know sugar let me tell you something <laughs> <laughs> the world <laughs> The world is going to be hard and I know you want to see everything and be like be for everybody, but you ain't, ain't going to be able to do that all the time. Mm -hmm. You're going to mm -hmm. have to get your back straight and strong, put your feet planted firmly on this earth and also speak out, be, mm. you know, be a little bit more vocal than what you're being right now. Okay. And she okay. didn't have to tell the Aries that too for too long, you know. <laughs> Every <laughs> energy. Lakeisha, you're Aries? I am. So am I. <laughs> you know, you don't have to tell the Aries that too long. You'd be like, oh, I got permission to speak. You just and that was it. <laughs> My mama gave me all the permission that I need. Right. And so when mama gave me permission, all that permission that I need to explore and to have my back straight and be firmly rooted on this earth. I was like, ain't, ain't no other permission I need. I right. really don't. Right. Nice. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So I get what you mean That's when you're awesome. saying she was unapologetic about how she mothered. She's like, this is who I am. I'm bringing this to the table every day. And baby, I, I got something to give you. So you better get it. <laughs> right. Get it. Get it and get it fast because I ain't going to repeat it. Well, you got it and then some. So, mama, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, wow. Okay. So, that, that just warmed my heart. That's so sweet. <laughs> Mine, too. 
All right. So Kelly, what about you? Let us let us hear about a woman in your life that has um, been in, impactful for you. Definitely, first and foremost, I, I agree with Lakeisha. My mother has been and still is. I thank God that she's still here mm-hmm. as I am a, a fairly new mother. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that every day is different with a little toddler right, <laughs> who right. before who is also an Aries. Oh. <laughs> so bless you. So raising raising a easy. Right. <laughs> an, Aries, an Aries raising another Aries is a lot of fire. <laughs> but um he he's awesome and I, I just think I thank God for my mom and my grandmother daily. Mm-hmm. Um I wouldn't be able to do any of the things that I'm doing right now as a full-time artist without the support and help from, from that village. I'm talking about an unapologetic, unwavering, just a, we gonna show up for you even when you can't show up for yourself type right, village, right, right. which is, yeah, phenomenal. Um, and as far as influencing, I would say to everybody that, all the women, anybody actually that has the courage and the strength to just get up and and be them every day and just show up for themselves. And even having to show up for others when you don't even know how to show up for your own Mm -hmm. self. Like Mm -hmm. those are the the people that inspire me daily because this this walk of life is not always easy, but it's it's definitely um, enjoyable with people that you know that love you and you love on them and we just right. loving on each other and we're just getting through this you know it's mm-hmm. day by day like seriously right. so those people individuals um that have that strength and that courage they you know they um they encourage me daily right. even strangers that I don't even know you know, it's 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 so inspiring to just see people just focusing and doing what they want to do, which is right. Awesome right. What's your mom's name and your grandmother's name? My mom's name is Effie, and okay, my grandmother's name. Her name is Lily May, but we call her Mumsy. Mumsy, all right, yeah, all right, all right. Miss Effie and Mumsy. Yes, let's bring them yeah. into this space. Thank you for yes. sharing, both of y'all. Thank you. Um, I know, I believe that everybody has some woman figure in their world that has touched them in some way because we are so powerful that it's it's challenging for us to walk this earth and not have blessed somebody in some way. Even if it was just a nod or a smile, we bring life form into this world. So there's no way that we're not gonna pass by somebody and be able to leave some sort of energy and some presence. Um, So I love that we're able to celebrate women um, and kind of carve out this time to do so. So for everybody tuning in, this is Be Empowered with RC. I have some wonderful guests with me today, Lakeisha Harris and Kelly K. Fly-Mosley. Um, and we are talking about women who have made an impact in our lives. So today is um, International Women's Day, March 8th. And as such, I would like to highlight um, a woman who, when I first saw her work, left an imprint on my on my mind, on my heart, and my spirit, and that's Frida Kahlo. Mm. Um, Frida Kahlo um, was a Mexican painter, just a phenomenal woman. And in fact, for me, what touched me, I think I took an art history class in college. Um, and just to give people some reference, if you haven't heard of her, I don't know what rock you've been living under, but this is what this is about, bringing knowledge and awareness. 
Um, <laughs> you know, Kala was born July 6, 1907, and she died July 13, 1954. Um, and she's best known for her, her um, portraits, her self-portraits. And they really, um, it, it's interesting because they emote the feeling of pain and anguish, but also of tenacity. Um, and it, it's, it's interesting how powerful her message was. She was living with chronic pain. She, uh, she had polio when she was younger and then she had a horrible um, bus accident and which left her in the wheelchair. Um, and she would have these portraits um, that were kind of futuristic and they would show like body parts, um, you know, coming out of her body with her portrait and everything. And it really was showing somebody living with chronic pain, but still finding a way to keep on living, to keep on going. She was an activist um, and she was all about maintaining her culture and her heritage. And a lot of times we tend to forget about our culture. We don't surround ourselves um, with our culture. And we tend to say, you know what, that's not that important, but she was deeply rooted in her culture. Uh, she was like, no nonsense. So on this International Women's Day, I just want to raise awareness for the, those of you who are not aware of Frida Kahlo. <laughs> All right. So um, I want us to tell everybody a little bit more about the work that you two do before we move on to another woman that we um, have found impactful in our lives. So Lakeisha, tell us a little bit about where well, I read your bio. And mm -hmm. when I first posted your bio, somebody uh, sent me a message and was like, what is this black witch stuff? What are you talking about? <laughs> and I can tell you because I, I specifically wanted, and I'm so glad I was in your bio. I didn't think it wouldn't be, but because again, like my work is about this intersectionality and faith is a part of it. Like these notions of what spirituality and what that means and how that plays out. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, the Black Witch um, University. University. So, um, <coughs> so Black Witch University started in 2016. I actually started Black Witch Chronicles, which was a video podcast um, in 2014 to as just kind of as a notification for people who found themselves delving into occult practices um, who were um, black, you know, because for some reason, um, well, because of, because of colonization, because of um, deeply rooted histories of Christianity and also Catholicism and all of the um, all of the other spiritual practices that have pushed us away to our, from our African traditional religions and scopes of practices, esoteric scopes of practices. Um, we, I know when I was younger and looking for something outside of that, because right, my mom's a Baptist minister. So mm. trying to find truths outside of that um, was really just kind of an, an invest, investigation or exploration of who I was as the black person. And then also going into white occult spaces that did not speak to me as a black human being. Mm -hmm. And so I started um, Black, Witch, um, black Witch Chronicles to just kind of reach out to other people and teach them from what I had learned 
and to also continue to research my family history um, and traditions and to stay on that path, you know? So mm -hmm. it was an outward expression of what I had going on inside of myself that evolved to people wanting mentorship. So I was like, well, okay, so to use the language of the people, I'm gonna use university. Even though I feel like Black Witch University is a maroon mystery schools and the mystery schools um, date back to our, our people in Kemet and, you know, mm -hmm. date back to our African ancestry. We held African mystery schools where we extro explored astronomy and astrology mm -hmm. and um, our African traditional religions and spiritual practices and ceremonies and rites. And that is what Black Witch University does. It is a reintroducing our people into those, our cosmologies, um, just um, giving a basic instruction on what that is. Okay. So how I see myself um, as Frida Kahlo saw herself as an amazing galactic human being um, that has tapped into her shadow self and continues to heal herself while mm -hmm. also exploring yes. what it means to me as a Black person existing in a very oppressive society and how in which I use my magic to further um, my survival and the survival of my community and liberation work. Nice. I love what you said about healing yourself. This is the thing that I don't think people realize. We have the power to self-heal, like physically, intellectually, spiritually, and it is so amazing to me. Once you tap into that, uh, I had an experience some years ago where I physically healed myself. And I was like, I have so much power. Mm -hmm. and, and like you said, all of the oppressions out here make you think that you're not capable, that you need to go outside of yourself for healing. But this right. body, this mind, this spirit is so amazing. And when we tap in, everything is aligned. We, we can not only heal ourselves, we can heal our communities. And the more we accept that, acknowledge that, and are around other people who believe that, the more right. powerful we'll be as a community. So thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We don't need it. We, I mean, we can use, utilize outside stuff, but when we right. tap in the fact that Black people are magic indeed. Yes, yeah. You know, it's not like this, theoretical black girl magic <laughs> it is that to like a, a, a tool of empowerment but we yeah. are indeed magic right and it, right. when we can be unapologetic about that like that we use our powers to conjure up what we need and what our community needs that we have everything within us yes Even the bible says that you know people will be do, able to do these miracles that jesus performed and more exactly Oh. Yes. Oh my gosh. You gonna you gonna <laughs> yes. also, don't come to our because I know my verses. <laughs> I'm just like, yes. And the thing is, there's a difference between believing in something and believing it. And I think that's yes. the thing. Like you when you believe you have the power, not believing in the ability for people to have power, but you believe in your power. Um right. that that's that's something deep and profound. Yes. Um, you just spoke life into people right there, <laughs> Me. right there, 
right there. I love these moments. Oh my gosh, I love black people. I love black women. <laughs> me too. Me too. Me too. So hard. We love you. <laughs> yes. All right, all right. Before I go off in a whole other direction, Kelly. <laughs> Why I live the way I do, I, it's just natural um, for me to to do the things that I do, and I'm really just starting to tap into that power, like the fullness of that power, which is so liberating and beautiful. Yeah. I'm like, I can't believe I've lived all these years just being quiet mm -hmm. <laughs> or just right. not. Um, fully doing exactly what I want to do. My art is definitely a reflection of how I live my life just freely and not even um, concerned about the rules anymore. Um, mm -hmm. And just learning to unbreak all, all the rules that, you know, sit, be quiet and, you know, do certain yes. things that are proper. You know, it's just like, I'm not, going to be rude to anybody but you also don't let anybody be rude to you either you know whatever yeah. your standard um your standards are so I just I, I live unapologetically Good. me yes. you know yes. and my my mom is also a uh, <laughs> a Baptist medicine this is freaking me out first <laughs> is. the is. just the the divine the reflection, sister. This is wild. <laughs> it's surreal. It's wild. <laughs> I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I don't believe in coincidences or mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's, we can learn from everything. And yes. I'm just learning to apply that, just learning from different lessons and just being mm -hmm. present with people and, and just, being my best for you know for myself and, and right. hopefully that um spills off <laughs> right you know and encourage somebody else to just do the same thing and that's right. that's where my art is I just want to yes. encourage people to be creative and and do them you know yeah so. I will say when I first started seeing your art and especially the earrings I thought and people may think just shopping for earrings is no big deal but I will say that the fact that the earrings don't match perfectly, but they're a pair, they're like worn together, spoke volumes to me mm. because it that was giving me permission to step outside of the box. Mm. And one particular pair of earrings I have that they are red. And, you know, we grew up, my grandma was like, you know, women who wear red lipstick, <laughs> fill in the blank. Right? That is, like, what the heck does lipstick have to do anything else? But anyway. <laughs> that is, I've heard that. That is so true. So it took me a long time, and I'm not even a fan of, of red. And I've been wearing reds right. and, and oranges, yes. but right. Oh my gosh, that's so true. So I bought those red earrings because they did not, and I'm not gonna say they were mismatched because they weren't mismatched. That's the thing. They, they, they don't mismatch. They do go together. That's how they're supposed to be. That's how the creator, you, designed them. Yep. And so they they're supposed to be like that. So when they were red, 
I was like, okay, I need to do this. These things are speaking to me. And one is a little bit shorter than the other one. And it's like, I can do this. And, and people may be thinking right now, this is just about earrings. If y'all are watching and listening and y'all think I'm going cuckoo over some earrings, you have not done the work on yourself to get these little moments and to appreciate them. Because once you do a lot of introspection and you challenge your insecurities and your fears and your jealousies, the littlest things will be profound and they will transform your world. Those red earrings, K-Fly, <laughs> changed me. <laughs> That man, you, wow. So thank you. You just spoke a whole word. My daddy's a pastor too, but he's a Lutheran pastor. So I got all types of issues, concerns. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's it's all love too. It's It's all love. love. It's all love. All All right. Um, Are you willing to share another woman that has been impactful in your lives? Yes. Okay. All right. Lakeisha, go ahead. Honey, I would be remiss if I did not say Zora Neale Hurston. Yes. Oh my God, that's what I was Where my book? Where my book? Yes, where my book? So next to my mama, yes. Zora Neale Hurston had the impact of a lifetime. I mean, yes. when I picked up her book, the first book I read of hers was Their Eyes Was Watching God. Of course, yeah. And I wanted to read everything Zora Mm -hmm. Neale Hurston over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And when I, you know, read about her um, coming down to New Orleans and, you know, spending time down here with folks who conjured um, uh, her time in, you know, just uh, her time abroad, um, the end Mm -hmm. of her life, living it on like a boat. And mm-hmm. I just yeah. was like, this is my person. This is me. This is, <laughs> this is my source of liberation right here. So much yeah. so that like I I was so in tune to her that um, one year a friend of mine had me drive down to Miami to um, you know, offer ceremony and um, marry her and her husband. And mm-hmm. so um when I went down, boy, I went to uh, to Paris, Florida, where Zora Neale Hurston is buried and could not find her her grave. So I did what Alice Walker said she did at the gravesite. Like I started yelling, Zora, I'm here. I am here. I need to know where you are. And, I love it. Yeah. And yeah. when you couple drove up in that moment it was like who you looking for boo who you looking for baby I can take you over so they took me over to the person who was the caretaker of the graveyard and oh. he took me right to Zora Neale Hurston's gravesite yes. yes and I was like see yes. that works Alice Alice knew what she was talking yes. about we better call them folks as though they were call them up when she went looking for Zora Neale Hurston she just stopped in the middle of the graveyard and was like where are you and where so I remember that and I was like I'm here now I know yes. you I know you to call me here yes. so anyway Zora Neale Hurston hands down is my person Who's yes, yes 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 <laughs> so how old were you when you were first introduced to Zora Neale Hurston's work 
So I was first introduced to their eyes with watching God um, when I was 17. Okay. Okay. Do you remember, like, give us a little more about what was the impact at that, at that time? So the context was I was 17. I was a new mama, my first mm-hmm. child. And I really, um, like, I was feeling really bound to just being a, uh, just everything that they had said I was like, you know, a statistic, I'm a teenage mama. This is Mm -hmm. my first child. You know, I knew that, you know, that I was making progress, but I didn't know what liberation was until Mm -hmm. I read Janie, read about Mm -hmm. Janie, like love and life for herself. And was like, no, you know, you're not my husband to this to the older, uh, I forget his name. I always forget his name. The older man that she was partnered with because of her grandmother wanted her to marry, right? Yeah, then she fled and she goes off and she has another journey with another man. So all of this, I was like, Janie is defining her sex, her sexuality. <laughs> like <laughs> she's doing this for herself. Right, right, right. Tea cake and ends up having to kill him. And mm-hmm. what does that mean to be mm-hmm. in conflict with somebody that you love, love. But also knowing that you got to take them out in order for you to live? To live, yes, 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 yes. yes. That even it, it just speaks volume. Sometimes you have to kill that person inside you too. Yes, that yes, yes. that won't let the real you live. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Or, right. or the person that everybody wants you to be, exactly. you got to kill them in order yeah. for you to live your best life. Woo! This yes. Is, listen, I yes. have over and over and over again died a thousand deaths in order for this Lakeisha to be liberated. So, yes. Yes. So, yes. Yes. So anyway, Zora Neale Hurston, every time I go in her book, she liberates me. Every time I look at mm-hmm. a passage, she mm-hmm. like gives me permission to move forward. She gives me permission yes. to conjure. I say, I say. To call myself a black witch in the face of people not understanding Correct. who the hell I am. Right, right. I say, and amen. We are in here. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Woo! See, this is what I'm talking about. I love this space. Oh. Yeah, this I'm gonna sleep so well tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, Kelly, are you up for sharing another woman with us? Zora was my oh. my next one, oh. but I'm so oh. glad. Y'all are too much that, that story was, was amazing. Um, I'm really okay. about the the unsung heroes, the the women that you don't hear about, the the mm-hmm. women you don't know, the the homeless person that maybe. Mm-hmm you pass by every day you go to work or something I'm um I talk to strangers a lot so Mm -hmm. um just I just when I used to ride the train a lot here in Chicago and I worked downtown I just would talk to everybody I would not be that person and even when I lived in New York just riding the train a lot you just you just make new friends you just talk to people and those people and and that's what I meant by the people that have the courage to get up and just keep going when right. everything is stacked on the other side and you just 
like feel like you're not balanced those are the people that I love celebrating and they nice, just yeah. give me like an everyday strength um just shout out to my my aunt Anne who actually introduced me to the she lives in Detroit introduced me to the the art of not necessarily matching but it does complement one another right right, like, right I just have all these vivid images of of growing up and she you know everybody in the family for the most part um can either sew or draw or, or do something oh, nice. okay or sing or something you know just something creative and I just remembering just she's my aunt she's my grandmother's she's mumsy's sister and she's okay. my godmother too and I just, oh, okay. I just loved watching her and, and my grandmother too like how they just put things together and they're just so just like oh okay that's right that's, right that's a bad right 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 that's yeah, bad, mama. So I can't even right it's just oh I just oh yeah that's right <laughs> like that's gonna be me when I grow up even though mm-hmm. I knew I could you know get it nice. get it then I still get asked like where, where are you from I'm like I'm from Chicago <laughs> but you know, but embracing that just not what everybody else is doing, those people, the, those are the ones. Nice. I, I love, I just love them for that. Cause nice. I didn't always have that. People. Yeah. And thank you for bringing them into this space because a lot of times people are overlooked. Like you said, those unsung right. folks, the folks who may be homeless living on the street, people walk past and so they don't get a space that celebrates them, that recognizes them, and that says that you're valued and we need to be seeing you. So yeah. I appreciate that, bringing them into this space. Thank you. Um, oh my gosh. I, for me, I will say that um, there's a woman, her name is Joka Kamau. She's African and she worked at Northwestern University where I went to undergrad and she changed my life. Um, I was um, raped on campus by someone that I had known in high school. And I had also been grappling with my sexuality um, because I grew up so green. I didn't need, I went to a Lutheran school K through 12. I didn't really know what sexuality was. You know, I was so, I didn't even really know what sex was. I mean, so, um, uh, and so to make a long story short, I went to the Women's Center for healing and ended up with her. And when I tell you that this woman, she embodied everything in me that was centuries, century years old. You know, I was like, oh my Lord, she is bringing, like, you know how I didn't live 400, 500 years ago, but, but all the ancestors came into me and connected and introduced us. And, and so when we <clears throat> and so when we hugged, I felt like all these spirits mm. surrounding us and holding us. And mm. I just I ran into her arms and she helped me heal. Mm. She held my hand and really told me this healing journey is yours. Whatever you want it to look like, it can look like that. Whatever you don't want it to look like, it don't have to look like that. And prior to that, I had to go into somebody else that was trying to fit me in a box. But no, you shouldn't do this. You're a Christian. So you can't be this. You can't be that. So by the time I got to her, I was more traumatized. And uh, this sister 
she just she really helped me find out that 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 power of self-healing and giving permission to take that risk on yourself um and so to joki kamau thank you thank you thank you i show so much gratitude um and I, I wrote my first solo show wrong way journey and um, it's a big section that I kind of reenact that interaction when I ran to her, seeing her gorgeous locks, smelling her body, odors, a beautiful scents, like just, ah, oh. so yes. So she, That's she is the woman that, uh, another woman that has impacted my life. So I say to the sisters that help us heal. Yes. Ooh, be like, Gosh. Ooh, you, you, this is your, this is your journey. This is your lane. This is your healing. Yeah. Come, yes. Come, come. Yes. We welcome you. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I think people need to know what you all do, um, where to find you, what what things are you currently working on. I know right now, um, Lakeisha, you're working on legislation to decriminalize sex work. Um, so you want to tell us a little bit more about that? So yeah. So my other job, <laughs> beyond black with your work. <laughs> It's, there's a lot of work going on. It's women's work. Listen, listen. <laughs> I'm gonna take a break soon. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm the director of reproductive health and justice at Women with a Vision, um, and uh, a lot of my work is liberation work. So mm -hmm. it's all it's all connected and it's all good. Um, so uh, we have just launched a campaign. Um, to decriminalize sex work in the state of Louisiana. And people have a really hard time with that because mo we are mostly taught that um, being a whore is wrong and the whole moral um, biblical undertones that women should right. not sell their bodies or people should not sell their bodies to, um, to, for financial gain. Mm -hmm. And my thing is, people can do what the hell they want to with their bodies, especially mm -hmm. if they are grown. I mean, you can consent to sex, you can consent to, consent to payment for sex. Um, and in some levels, we're all doing sex work. If you're a housewife and you ain't got no money and your man is responsible for all of the housing and food and cars, you're doing sex work, mm. period. So, um, so, sex workers are at the very least we can uh, agree that people shouldn't be locked up for acts of survival for housing mm -hmm. for getting yeah. for getting their bills paid for mm -hmm. you know um for doing whatever is necessary to survive um and people also conflate it with sex trafficking but mm. what you're saying if somebody is consenting to doing this work, they should not be criminalized. Also, if we're talking about trafficking, um, labor trafficking, sexual trafficking, you know, uh, America is implemented in that. And when we're gonna get our reparations. Um, and also sex workers do not condone sex trafficking. Most, mm -hmm. um, most will tell, you know, officials or somebody to get help to survivors of sex trafficking, if they indeed felt themselves that they wouldn't be um, also harassed or harmed or incarcerated. So mm -hmm. um, you're missing out on good allies and people who can look out for other people by incriminating them for 
for consenting and engaging. So anyway, Louisiana is um, Louisiana is the first in the deep south to take on legislation like this, whereas New York um, uh, has already pushed a decriminalization campaign. Um, and I believe they just passed some legislature about um, uh, decrim methods up in New York. Um, DC has also done it. Oregon is currently pushing for it. So um, when we're talking about defunding the police and the survival of black people, we have to talk about sex workers and have the interesting conversation about mm -hmm. who gets criminalized and for what. Right. And honestly, if we didn't live in such a patriarchy, we wouldn't have a situation where a person has to use their body as commodity. Right. So right. if we had right. the resources, if everybody had the appropriate resources, if women were paid the same as men, if there wasn't right. so much sexism, racism, that wouldn't be an issue. So I feel like y'all need to tackle those issues before you try to criminalize somebody for surviving in this world that you that you feel is set up just for you. So it's not a criminal act when it's pleasing the white man. It's it's not a criminal act when it's pleasing the white man. And there are people that actually love erotic yeah, yeah. play. And right. there are people that actually love sex and sexuality and would like to get paid if they weren't criminalized for it, right. you know? Um, so, you know, we, we hold, I feel like we hold multiple truths. And for some people, it's only one singular line of thinking um, mm. that, that consistently puts Black bodies on the line. You know, it, it's the same thing with drug use um, and, um, you know, criminalizing drug use. There are people who medicate and use marijuana, for instance. This brother that just talked about, he's a professor, I believe it is at Brown, I can't remember, Harvard, somewhere, who says that he recreationally uses um, heroin. Um, people who are drug users, if they need the assistance, should get the resources, but they should not be criminalized. And we know the drug war has consistently taken our community out. That it has for sure. This is like a whole nother topic that we can go into. So I'm gonna have you back to discuss all of this because I know <laughs> yes. people, I mean, seriously, because people stand yes. on, on different moral sides. So I, I mean, for me personally, I kind of like morally, if that's not something that's right for you, that's that's one thing. You can say this, I don't subscribe to this personally, but I don't think that other people should be withheld rights and privileges and benefits as other people, as me, just because they choose something different. So for me, that's the fundamental thing. Yeah. Um, it's so like family and community, years and years incarcerated in prison, right. imposed fines and fees levied against them that they can't do it in the first place. That's why they were doing sex work. Right. So, Well, thank you for um, shedding some light on that topic. We're going to bring you back to talk about that because I know this has sparked so many people like, uh-oh, what is Ashley doing on this show? She didn't talk about Black wishes. Now she can talk about sex work and heroin. Jesus, her daddy. Put some holy water on her. <laughs> Listen, people, listen, I am good with whatever another person's beliefs and, and feelings are in this world if they are not purposely trying to harm another person. And so right. I welcome all those perspectives. We all need to have a seat at this table, but I do not subscribe to people being criminalized 
for things that they are trying to do in order to feed their families when there aren't any other options. And if we focused our efforts on making sure that there was equity and justice, we wouldn't have those issues. So if we work those things out first, then we can come back to the other stuff. Right. But anyway, getting off a soapbox, Kelly, tell us what you are currently yeah. <laughs> working on. The art of allowing is so amazing. <laughs> but uh, currently I have a art um, fashion exhibit up at Connect Gallery in nice. Chicago High Park that um, runs until March 27th, um, which is a collective of artisans here, um, giving their perspective about um, fashion, wearable art. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Um, we have artist talks on Fridays and then pop-up markets if you would like to purchase um, from the artists. So I got these from a pop-up market. <laughs> you, can, you can come to the market and um, you can support that way. Um, also, I'm being featured at BAM, the Black Artist Market, which is a virtual market um, ran by two creatives that I've met over the years um, attending marketplaces in, in Chicago and New York and uh, New Orleans and Detroit. Mm -hmm. So it's just a collective nice. of people that... Um, artisans that just coming to uh showcase their wares and uh that's and besides my own um art and projects that I'm doing and collaborating uh, with uh, my take up space project that I kind of put on the back burner um just encouraging people to do exactly what you're doing I see and you're doing as well Lakeisha is just take up space yeah. Take up space, create your own lane, and yes. be apologetic about it. So, right. yes. um, and not being yes. afraid. So that's just an ongoing campaign um, that's always near and, and dear to me. So, nice. uh, that's, that's about it. <laughs> yes, I love that. Yes, we're trying to take up space. We're creating our own lanes. I'm not asking you to create a platform for me to get on and have a weekly that's show right. on Facebook Live. I don't that's need right. it. I don't need your permission. That's, that's right. right. That's right. If, if I you was don't waiting see it for it, but then I realized all that I need is right here. And I got y'all yep. beautiful sisters right here with me. Yeah. So uh, social media handles where they can find your stuff. Lakeisha, what's your social media yes. handle? So you can go to um, Instagram and um, Facebook and you can click on Black Witch University or type in Black Witch University and I'll pop up. Also, um, the work I do at Women with a Vision here in New Orleans, a grassroots 30-year-old harm reduction reproductive justice organization dedicated to improving the lives of women and their children here in New Orleans and Louisiana. So please, please, please go to both of that. Support the work of decriminalizing um, sex workers by signing on to um, our... Um, signing on to our platform and also engaging in the toolkit so you can understand where I'm coming from. We have developed a toolkit from um, Louisiana-based sex workers um, and just kind of letting you know what situations people find themselves up against and why they do sex work and shouldn't be criminalized. So look at the toolkit, educate yourself, and contact me if you need me. Nice. Thank you, thank awesome. you, and K-Fly. 
Yes, you can find K-Fly online if you would like to purchase some one-of-a-kind original artwork at www.kflee.com as well as Instagram is at K-Fly, K-F-L-E-Y-E, eyeball. (laughs) Um, As well as Facebook, I have a Facebook business page as well, Um, all uh, facebook.com forward slash uh, K-Fly, K-F-L-E-Y-E. And that's it. That's where you can you can find me. I'm, I'm here. I'm accessible. Nice, nice. All right. So everybody <laughs> check those. Some earrings. Yay. Yes. <laughs> I, it would yes. be an honor. You are so awesome. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so everybody, so awesome. this has been another episode of Be Empowered with RC. I'm RC Riley. I'm a writer, performer, storyteller, and uh, video podcast host now. Um, and you can find me on Facebook. I have a Facebook page called RC Empowers. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter at RC Empowers or RC Riley Empowers. And I thank again these wonderful, wonderful women, Kay Fly and Lakeisha, for joining me today. Thank I will you. have them back in the future because we have a lot more to talk about, y'all. And I love <laughs> to hear great. your comments out there about the discussion that we just had. Good comments. I don't need that drama because I'll delete it. I'm not going to lie to you. But anyway. <laughs> Thank y'all. Have a good night and we will see But everybody else. Have a good night and I will see you next week. Thanks again for listening. The self-care spa and lounge offers a wide range of services to all ethnicities and skin types for ages five and up. Skin treatments, waxing services, massages, teeth whitening, and tooth gems are offered. As a proud black and female-owned community partner, The self-care spa and lounge is also available for spa parties, birthdays, or private events. Don't forget to book your next service or event at theselfcarespalounge.com. That's theselfcarespalounge.com.